First Thessalonians chapter 5. I'm going to read from verse 1 onwards. But concerning the times and seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them, as labor pains upon a pregnant woman. And they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. You see the contrast here. There's no middle ground um, that has to be established. There's no middle ground here. People who go back and forth are backsliding and coming back and backsliding and coming back. The graph is like up and down, up and down, up and down. It's not good because imagine in your journey, if you are a driver and you begin from your house and you go drive five minutes and then you drive back four minutes and come back to the same spot nor come back half the way and then drive back again and then drive a little more and then come back again. Will you reach your destination on time? You won't. You will not. But a forward progression without missing the direction will cause you to reach your destination on time. If you miss somewhere in the middle, you can reach your destination if you don't lose your your way again. But you will not reach there on time. There's somebody who can say, oh, I can speed. It doesn't work that way. There's some kind of a loss. Always remember there's some kind of a loss that will be there. The reason why the Spirit of God keeps bringing this again and again and again. Make sure you don't lose. Because certain things you lose, you lose. You will not get back. That's an established fact. It has to be understood. So you don't lose anymore. That's the point where the Holy Spirit brings that again and again. So when it comes to sanctification, it's not like going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. No. It's starting from point A and going to point B and from B to C to C to D. All the way. Z. It's never gone from A to B and B to C and C to B and and B to somehow skip C and get to D. It doesn't work like that. You have to go to C and then go to D. What Satan wants to keep people thinking is you'll be all the time wandering in the wilderness. What? Wilderness is just for you to pass through to make it to the promised land. It's not for you to wander. But people did wander. Because they chose to wander. It's not God's plan. So when it comes to sanctification, sanctification is a forward momentum, not a back and forth, but it's a forward momentum, starting from a place of victory and going from one level of victory to the other. One level of faith to the other. As I said before, you pass first grade, you go to second grade, and you pass second grade, you go to third grade, and you pass third grade, and you go to fourth grade. But you must pass every grade. It's very important. That's what sanctification is. Sanctification is not like you did well in one term, and the next term you failed, and the final exam you failed, and somehow you jumped to fifth grade. And somehow, because I became 20 years old, I finished my bachelor's, even though I failed high school. No. 
It doesn't work that way. Without passing, there's no going forward. And if you choose to reverse, it's your choice. And that's why you have to be very careful. When you're running, if you choose to stop because you got distracted at something, it's your fault. Distractions will come. Those who don't want you to win will bring all kinds of distractions. And that's what Satan does. But if you're smart enough to know that victory has been guaranteed, that I'm not going to be distracted, I'm not going to let anything distract me, then you are going to win because victory has been guaranteed. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. Verse 6. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. What's the point here? If you're going to be sleepy, a sleepy Christian, you're going to be slaughtered. You're going to be robbed. You're not going to win. You're going to lose. But let us, who are of the day, be sober. It's important to be of the day. And be sober. That means those of you who are saved, be sharp so that you don't fall into darkness. Putting on the breastplate of faith and love and a helmet and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. For the wrath, for God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. So what's God's perfect will here? To be saved. To stay saved. And to inherit all things that God has for us. So because that's God's will, He has placed you in a place of victory. Make sure you do your job. Make sure you put on the breastplate of faith. Make sure you have this breastplate of faith and love. Make sure you have this helmet of salvation, hope. Make sure you have these things. What is God saying? I've given you the victory, but make sure you do everything that you're supposed to do. That means you've been, you've been given winter clothing and you've been, you've been given a car that has heat, you've been given a place that has heat and you have to go from one place to another, make sure you put your coat on, make sure you put your gloves on, make sure you put your hat on, make sure you have your car on, make sure you have the heat on, make sure you drive properly and make sure you go to the house and turn the lights on and turn the heat on and all these things you must do. The biggest thing is everything has been provided for you, but if you don't do all those things, you can freeze to death. You can't blame the person at that point saying that, well, I thought you would come and put my coat on for me and my hat on for me and turn the car on for me and turn the heat on for me. I thought you were going to do all these things for me because you didn't do it. I froze to death. No. That's how it is when many Christians say that Jesus did it all. We don't just say, do anything. That's folly from the pit of hell to take all the foolish to the lake of fire. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God did not appoint it. God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us that whether we awake or sleep, we should live 
together with him in this world. In this world, you live together with him. Therefore, comfort each other and edify one another just as you also are doing. What is he saying? Comfort one another, edify each other. It is important. You can't be living in your own shell. I'm reading and I'm praying. I'm going to church and I'm just by myself and and it's just my, my Jesus and myself. There's no such thing as a lonely, isolated Christian. That's a demonic spirit which will come to isolate a person and make them think that they're very holy and they just come by themselves and they're just all alone and there's just God in them. It's a demonic spirit. Every believer is supposed to Comfort one another, care for one another, edify one another. And continue to do that because this is a family of God. And the love of God must be manifested through one another. That's what shows that Christ is in you. That's the fruit. If that is not there, then something is wrong. Who is living inside of you is a question at that point. And we urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you. And are over you in the Lord. And admonish you. And to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. Very important. Be at peace among yourselves. Very important. These are things that the Spirit of God has kept in His Word as safeguards for every single believer. It is important. God recognizes Every single believer in the house of God, he says, make sure you be at peace with one another. Make sure you have reverence for God, reverence for the servants of God, reverence for the presence of God. Make sure you comfort one another. Make sure you do these things because these are important. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn those who are unruly, comfort the faint-hearted, uphold the weak, be patient with all. Now this is for those of you who have worked on taking the plank out of your eye. Very important. Nobody should be going and warning anyone. If your life is not upright before God. Make sure. Because Satan can use you to bring that person down. The self-righteous spirit will work through you to cut another person down to pieces. When Christ is truly living inside of a person, even that warnings will come from a heart of compassion and love. With much prayer. See that no one runs evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good, both for yourselves and for all. This is talking about the body of Jesus Christ. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Oh, you have to do this. Not because you have to strive to do this, because Christ is inside of you. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. He willingly and gladly endured the cross. So in every situation, that this joy of the Lord is there. Because this is hope that we look forward to. When you're in the will of God. Pray without ceasing. Whatever you're doing, let the spirit of prayer be inside of you. That's what will keep you. In everything give thanks. That's another important thing. But this is God's will. In Christ for you. 
Whatever you're doing, no matter how difficult it may be, give praises to God because He's helping you to do that difficult thing. In everything, give thanks to God. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Test all things. Hold fast what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Why are all these teachings important? To keep you holy. To keep you from the snares of the enemy. Because Christ has made you holy. In order to operate from a place of holiness and grow in holiness. All these things are given. You know, when you have to get your license, you need to take a learner's permit test. At least here in the U.S. we do that. You have a manual and you have to look at it and you have to learn all the signs. What does the stop sign mean? What does this light mean? And what does this yield sign mean? And and what does this hidden driveway mean? And all kinds of things you have to look at. Are you going to say, oh, what a bother? Why should I even do this now? I can't wait to just get my permit and I don't need these things. No, you need these things. That's why you have a permit test. If you're really keen on driving, then you will know the importance of learning the rules that are necessary for you to be safe and for others to be safe. So it's a privilege that God has given to us to become royal citizens of heaven and he's made Unholy people, holy, taken us out of darkness and brought us into light, his marvelous light. Now, in that marvelous light, we must not give room to the enemy who will try to take us back to darkness, who will try to stain that robe of righteousness. So from a place of holiness, what are the things that you need to do in order to protect yourself? And when you wear clothes, on a day when it snows or rains, how many of you will take precaution when you walk outside to not let the rainy water splash on your clothing or for the snow to not get on your clothing, especially if it's on the car? How many of you will do that? How many of you will say it doesn't matter? I can have like this muddy water on myself and still go to work or muddy water on myself and still go to church or go for an interview. How many of you will do that? Most people won't unless something is wrong with you. That you are not able to do that physically or mentally. These things are necessary to keep you holy, to keep you pure, to keep your garment undefiled, to keep Satan out of your life. And God has inscribed these things in His Word saying that, do this, do this, do this, do this, just be careful. When you go out of your house, just don't look at the sky and just walk all over the puddle and make a mess. Watch your steps. You teach the children that, right? If you're a responsible parent, you do. You say, look where you're going, see where you're putting your foot on. See what you're going to step on. Look ahead. You teach all these things. See where your hand is going to touch. See what is around you. And that's what God does by giving all these scriptures here to keep you staying free. To keep you in his state of holiness and for you to grow in that holiness and grow in that perfection, grow in his love. And for the fruit of the Spirit that comes from the Holy Spirit. Don't quench the Spirit. 
You can do all these things. But don't do it. You can live a life without quenching the spirit or you can just keep going back and forth. A, a life of backsliding. And we cannot call that sanctification. Abstain from every form of evil. Not just abstain from evil, from every form of it. Anything that looks like it, be careful with it. After all these things comes verse 23. What is it? After the clear instruction on what you have to do, then the benediction comes. The blessing comes. What is this blessing? It's very important. Just, just look at it for a minute. Now may the God of peace himself, he himself who is our peace, let him sanctify you completely, thoroughly sanctify you, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. What is the meaning of preservation or preserved? What is it? Is it changing? When you put a preservative in something, what is it supposed to do? Is it supposed to change that into something else? Or is it supposed to keep it the way it is? Whether it's a medicine or it's a food product, they add some form of preservative to preserve the way it is made, to keep it the way it is. God's word says here, let the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. What are the areas? Your spirit, your entire spirit, your entire soul, your entire body. Not keep going back and forth and back and forth and somehow after he comes or after you die. No. It has to be kept blameless. That means the way he has given it into your hands. When he changed you, when he's made you brand new and he's made you holy, make sure you do all the things about so that you don't let it go bad. Let it be preserved blameless. That means keep it perfect. Keep it in a state of perfection. Keep it. Because Jesus is coming. He's coming. The Lord Jesus is coming. So he's not coming for people who are rotten to somehow convert them into something beautiful. No, he's coming for those who are blameless, perfect. So if you don't know when Jesus is coming, you're not going to be going at all if you're not blameless before God. It is important for every single person to be blameless every single day. And to grow in that perfection. Go from one level of perfection to the other. To a deeper level. One level of love to the other. Just the territory will increase. The height will increase. The depth will increase. The width will increase. 
This is beautiful increase that comes. He who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. When? When you do everything that's about verse 23. And keep it the way it should be. Let it be preserved, blameless. Then the next part is, he who called you is faithful, who also will do it. He will do his part too. In what? In transforming you from one level of faith to another, from one level of glory to another, from one level of sanctification to another. Now I want to just take you to this scripture here before we finish. Ephesians chapter 4. And I will read verse 17 onwards. This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk. In the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanness with greediness. Very powerful, potent scripture. Because you've been made new, don't choose to walk in the ways of unrighteousness. Don't follow Satan. Don't let your minds wander. Because their minds have been darkened by the devil. Don't give your minds over to darkness. Because if you do, then it'll become darkened again. Don't give your the members of your body, yourselves, to uncleanness. With greediness. But you have. Not so. Learned in Christ. If you can underline. You can underline the word learned. This is learning. And unlearning that must take place. God has made you righteous. And he's given you this robe of righteousness. Now how to keep that garment. You know when you buy certain clothing. You'll have certain instructions for that. Wash it in. It's gentle cycle or don't use hot water or wash it only in cold water. Buying something is good, but learning how to care for it is a whole different thing. If you don't learn how to care for it, you can ruin it. That's what God teaches us here. You need to learn how to keep that which God has given so that he can add more to it. You have not so learned Christ. God has taught you how to be not like those whose minds are darkened because your minds have been enlightened by Christ. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Very, very deep. We can speak on this for hours, just verse 23 alone. But for now, one thing must be understood. That the new man that God has given to you 
was created by God. It was created by God. So it's very important for you to value that and treasure that. When you don't treasure it, you'll be doing this back and forth game and that's not sanctification and God has not called us for that and that is not God's will. That is Satan's will because if he can take you to his land, he will keep you there. Put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust. He's talking to people who went back to the old way and God will say, leave that and come. Leave that and come. I gave you these good clothes and now you have taken those off and you have put on the old dirty ones. Take those off and put this on. I've made this for you. Wear this. This is good for you. That's what God says here. It's not that every day you're doing this and you don't know what you're doing and you're just being pulled by everything and you have no strength and that's not Christianity and that's not the Christ who bought you with his blood. Therefore, putting away a lying, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Who is he talking to? He's talking to people who have given themselves over to their old nature, and he says, don't do that. You're making it dirty. It's like when you see a child who's getting his or her hands dirty, you say, why are you touching that? Don't do that. Go get up, wash your hands. And we say that? Go wash your hands. It's important for every believer to know that. Don't get your hands dirty. If it's dirty, go get up and wash your hands. Don't do it again. Go get yourselves cleaned up. Let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Very important. This is verse 27 is a very important verse. In the midst of all of this, suddenly, suddenly, magically, did verse 27 appear? No. It has been carefully thought and placed there by the Holy Spirit. It just talks about the entire chapter itself. When you give place to the devil, all the old nature will come. Don't give place to the devil and call it sanctification. Oh, no, 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 no. If you open the door and a thief comes in, he robs you of everything and breaks your house and damages everything. You can't say, well, I don't know how it happened. Uh, I thought I was covered and my homeowner's insurance, you know, is supposed to be doing all these things and there are certain things covered and there are certain things not covered. And for neglect and willful breaking down of things, you won't be covered. I can't say that. Well, I thought it was all, I didn't have to, I didn't know that I had to do this and no. That's why you have your policy that you have to read and see what is covered and what is not covered and still, why will you want to be so careless and, and damage everything and in the process, you know what happens? Lots of things that are dear to their hearts, they're all gone. Gone. Many, many memories are gone. Many people have lost their most important pictures. Some people have lost their lives. They've lost their children. They've lost their health. They've lost their valuables. Because they gave place to the thief. 
Don't give place to the devil. Let him stall steal no longer. Rather, let him labor working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Again, here, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. What is this over here? People take this verse so casually and say, oh, the Holy Spirit has sealed you for the day of redemption, so you're sealed. Oh, no, no. If you grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you are sealed for the day of the redemption, you're in a very bad place. Because the Bible says very clearly, the very same God who sealed you for the day of redemption can become your enemy if you become his enemy. And at that point, that very seal will become your judgment. It's not a light thing. People need to know the word. People need to know the truth. Oh, it is a fearful thing to play with fire. It is. It is. How can a man carry fire in his bosom and not be burned, says the Bible. You have to be very careful. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not some person that you can think that you can take advantage of. He's God Almighty. If you grieve him, it will not be good for you. You'll be the one who will be grieving. So it's important. These statements that are placed here in the scriptures... These are not light statements. These are very powerful, important statements. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Don't do these things. Don't give room to the devil. Put that away. Oh, you've been made new. Don't mess up the garment that God has given. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, and forgive one another. Just like how God in Christ forgave you. So. Not only you love one another just like how Jesus loves you and loved you, you also forgive one another just like how God in Christ forgave you. The many sins that God forgave you through Jesus Christ, just like how he did, you're supposed to do the same thing to those around you. Not hold any record of wrong. It's important. This is the Christ that you are putting on. This is the Christ that you should keep on. If that is there, then you will be preserved blameless before the appearing of Jesus Christ. Now I'm going to read Revelation 22 verse 11. He who is unjust, let him be unjust still. He who is filthy, let him be filthy still. He who is righteous, let him be righteous still. He who is holy, let him be holy still. I'm going to read this in another translation so that you can understand better. Let the one who does wrong continue to do wrong. This is NIV. Let the vile person continue to be vile. Let the one who does right continue to do right. Let the holy person continue to be holy. I'm going to read New Living Translation. Let the one who is doing harm continue to do harm. Let the one who is vile continue to be vile. Let the one who is righteous continue to live righteously. Let the one who is holy continue to be holy. I'm going to read one more translation, Amplified. He who is unrighteous 
unjust, wicked, let him be unrighteous still. And he who is filthy, vile, impure, let him be filthy still. And he who is righteous, just, upright, in right standing with God, let him do right still. And he who is holy, let him be holy still. Now we read this in at least four different translations. It's important to read again and again and again. To see what the Spirit of God has recorded here. He's not saying that, well, you're being bad, you can be bad. You're being wicked, you can be wicked, continue to be wicked. No, that's not what God says here. Whatever choice you've made and you have decided that you will follow through with that choice, go ahead. I'm coming. You want to do that? That's what you want to do? Go ahead. Do it. I want to come. And I'm going to give you the fruit of it. What you worked for, you're going to get paid for it. Who you served, you're going to get wages for it. So go ahead. That's what you want to do? Go ahead and do it. That's what that verse means. God is by no means encouraging people in their wickedness or unrighteousness. No. The Spirit of God conveys the heart of God here. It's a very powerful word here, which is the heaviness of the heart of God, which is revealed. When he sees the hearts of men, you have defiant people, wicked people, made the choice to be wicked. And he says, I'm God. I'm coming. I will come and give you your wages on the payday. Yeah, there are people who won't go to work. When payday comes, it'll be zero paycheck. There are people who work, they get paid. The people who work for two days, they get paid for two days. And you expect to pay all your bills with it? No. What you sow, that's what you reap. But God says, he who's righteous, let him be righteous still. He who's holy, let him be holy still. Keep moving in holiness. Keep moving in righteousness. Oh, I'm coming soon. I shall bring my wages and rewards with me to repay and render to each one just what his own actions and his own work merit. According to what you have done in your body, with your mind, with your sphere, God will reward you. So every single person has the option to be holy or be unholy. There's no middle ground here. And for anyone who says that we will be in sin because we have the sin body and fallen body and fallen nature and this is how this will be. They'll get their reward too for their wickedness that they've chosen because they gave place to the devil. But those who understand the great price that Jesus paid on the cross 
to redeem you from the hands of the enemy and you value that you treasure that and you don't give place to the devil and you're righteous before God <coughs> and your sanctification process will be a process of growth and holiness not toying with sin then yes he will reward you for all that you've done with what God has given to you which is your body, your soul and your spirit Behold, I come quickly. I will reward you, says the Lord. So these things must be taught. In our church, we've taught on these things many times. In many different ways, the Spirit of the Lord has spoken. Through many different passages, the Spirit of the Lord has spoken. This is a very important topic. This has to be understood. And this has to be held on to. That you're not called for unholiness. You're called for holiness. There's no middle ground. You're called to live an upright life. Not a life that is floating between light and darkness. There's no middle ground. He who says, I'm in the light should actually show by his actions that he is in the light. It is important for every believer to know the power of God that is inside of you has been given by God to you. And steadily God releases His power every time we come together in the presence of God. That God adds more and more strength through His servants who impart God's strength into you. As we saw the other day, you can go back and listen to the recording. How the plant needs this air, this sunlight, this water. It's all been given for you to grow. Grow in what? In holiness, in righteousness. As the obvious things are gone, which should be the case, whatever is underneath, God will continue to do a work of sanctification. That means you're going more and more in holiness. Presumptuous sin should be a thing of the past. Not in a way that I'm still struggling with, but I don't do it, no. An overcomer is a person who has overcome everything. That means you have brought that under your control. In order to fight with something and overcome, you need to be passionate about winning that war and also have the hatred for that very thing that tries to overcome you. If you don't have that hatred for the very thing that overcomes you, then you're not going to win because you don't have passion to fight. This is where the Spirit of God comes and every time He speaks, He imparts life into you. He imparts strength into you. He imparts His power into you so that you can live an overcoming life. There are many, many secrets to living an overcoming life which God has graciously given to this church through many other meetings, morning calls and evening meetings and fasting prayers and Bible studies, Sunday services. Take all those and put it to practice. We've seen very important scriptures tonight. Take this and tell the Lord, Lord, in this month of March, I don't want to be like a person who starts to and fro in my emotions or in my mind, in my thinking, in my words, in my behavior, in my attitude. I want to be a stable person, a stable Christian. 
the stability that comes from the Holy Spirit. God is stable and so should you be. And as we close our eyes and look to the Lord at this hour, make this your prayer. Lord, make me a little more like Jesus. Make me a little more like Christ. I want to be more like my Jesus. Let me be a little more like Christ. That you grow more and more into the image of Jesus. Beginning from the image of Jesus. It's not like you're being like Satan, behaving like Satan and somehow a little bit here and there at the image of Jesus. No. You begin from a place of perfection. You begin from a place of holiness. And your image begins with the image of God, the seed of Christ that is inside of you. As you grow, more of looking like your Father in heaven. Because it's already there. As more food goes in, more strength goes in, and more nutrients go in, more of his features begin to come out. More of his wisdom and his way of living comes out. More impartation you receive, the more you're going to look like him. But one thing you have to do, impartation comes from God. He does it through his servants, through his Services that God has. Rain, sun, air. These three things you can't produce. You cannot do it on your own. That's why no one can say that. I can do this on my own. It doesn't work like that. Those things are provided by God through His God-ordained means. From the house of God, wherever God has placed His people in this world. Whatever place God is really working, and you have true servants of God. God pours His light, His water, His fresh breath of air upon those people in those places through His genuine servants of God. One thing every believer must do, just like we read in the scriptures, you should not give place to the devil. If you forget everything that you heard today, which you shouldn't, but you remember one thing which sums up everything, which is don't give place to the devil. It will help you greatly. To live a life of perfection. Whatever you're doing, whether you get a feeling of anger or hatred or jealousy or immorality or whatever it may be. If you can remember this one statement, one sentence from the Bible, it says, don't give place to the devil. Don't give place to the devil. Don't give place to the devil. I pray may the Spirit of God embed these words into your spirits. Don't give place to the devil. If you can say that over and over again, it'll help you. I will not give place to the devil. I will not give place to the devil. Because God's seed is inside of me. I will not give place to the devil. And whatever is not of God, you will know. As you come to the presence of God, your conscience is heightened, your understanding is enlightened. 
Your hearing is more clearer now. And you know right from wrong by all that God has been revealing to you from his word that he's been giving to you through here. So when the enemy comes and you can spot him, you need to tell yourself, I will not give place to the devil. When your ego kicks in, tell yourself, I will not give place to the devil. I will not give place to the devil. And tell yourself, don't give any room to the devil. And don't give any room to the devil. When you submit to God and resist the devil, he will flee from you. And you can keep your garment undefiled and receive more from God Almighty. To such people, God will give His mantle, His anointing, His power to set the captives free. In this month of March, as God has given many promises and tomorrow God is going to speak in a far greater way. This preparation is necessary. Will you tell yourself, Lord, I am determined and made up my mind. I'll serve the Lord. I've left all the world and its pleasures behind. I'll serve the Lord. I'll follow wherever he leadeth. And pasture wherever he feedeth. I am determined. I've made up my mind. I'll serve the Lord. Whatever it may be, whatever Satan may offer, it is for your destruction, remember. All the pleasures he may offer, all the relaxations. When I say relaxations, I'm not talking about the vacation or taking your children out somewhere. That's not... Those are good things that God will give to those who fear Him. This is about sinful things. You need to know these are set up by the enemy for your destruction. So you don't give place to the devil. If he comes inside your house, your soul, your mind, your body, your spirit, he will steal, kill and destroy all the time. That's what he knows to do. And that's all he is and that's who he is. Don't give place to the devil. Thank you, Father. For giving us this time in your presence. 